this is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metal Cast, we talk to a vocal legend from Armored Saint, John Bush. We talk all about their new album, Punching the Sky. We talk their upcoming Symbol of Salvation live DVD, and a little bit about Anthrax 2. John's a cool guy. It's a fun discussion. Check it out. Well, John, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. How you doing, man? What's happening, Mike? How are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. So, uh, this whole COVID thing, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy through all this? <laughs> um, well, Armored Saint was lucky enough to make a record. Um, it came out in October of last year, 2020. Um, we haven't played any shows like nobody has, right. which is a big drag, obviously. But um, we did make a record that we're super proud of with Punching the Sky. It came out in, like I said, October. We've been working on the recordings of some of our live uh, shows that we did on the Simple Salvation Tour, which was in 2019, I believe. And uh, we're going to put out a live DVD and a live record from that tour where we did that record in its entirety and that's that's supposed to come out in october of this year so we do have a lot of um product that's that came out coming out uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to have our record uh the the punch in the sky record not be affected by any scheduling and, and mainly by any covid issues that a lot of people had to deal with obviously because our record was already recorded so we just had to get it mixed and uh That's awesome, man. And, you know, I've been rocking out on that album, and it's it's great. And, and one of the major things that stands out is, like, you haven't missed a beat vocally, man. I mean, and not a lot of heavy metal singers can say that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I it's been a long time of singing, and, um, and my voice has probably changed through the years a little bit. It's gotten a little deeper, a little huskier. But um, I think it's actually at a good place right now where it sounds warm, uh, it sounds like uh, the way I really want to kind of sing and have been singing for a while now. Um, I mean, you know, look, dude, when we were started, you know, I was saying when we were, came out in like 1983, I was 20 years old. It was, you know, I look at myself with a little peep squeak voice, you know, and, um, <laughs> even though I, I think I, I, I sang well and um, definitely had my own style and stuff, it, it just, it took a while for me to really kind of grow into my voice and, um, it's in a good place now and I just have to take care of it and sometimes it's annoying because you have to you know really kind of be real conservative on how you live and what you drink and what you eat and um, you know the singers it's funny other people think we have the greatest lives but sometimes our lives have to be really really kind of straight and narrow because of, you know you gotta take care of your voice and it's, it's annoying at, at times but um, <laughs> in the end I, I want to sound good you know it's no matter, no amount of like fun and partying, and I've done that plenty of times in my life. None of that is worth it if the next day you sound like crap. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you 100. I mean, singers really do have it tough. You know, with your guitar, if you don't like the sound of it, you just buy another guitar or a new amp. But a, your voice is your voice, man. It's part of your body. So it's a physical thing, you know. And as you get older, and I am older, obviously, than I was when I started in the 80s. Um, it's just you really have to take care of yourself. Or else, or else you'll not sound good. Although there's the real rare singers drink like fish and <laughs> do things, and I'm looking, I'm going, and the next day they'll sound great. And I'm like, how the hell are you? I hate you. How do you do that? You know, but it, it's pretty rare. Uh, you know, I always say that singers and drummers 
are the ones that are really challenged later in life when it comes to being in a band and especially a metal band for years because you know it's very physical so one tune uh that really stands out to me on the new album is, is end of the attention span and i think the video is great and and you know it makes us kind of think about ourselves you know what i mean because you're watching a guy click through um uh, you know all the different shows on a, on TV, or he's uh, somebody's taping a concert, watching it through their phone instead of watching it with their eyes. You know, and you know we've all done those kind of things, and and I just think it's so cool to like kind of sit back and think about how much we've changed as people, especially since the '80s. Think about how you were in the '80s, how you are today. You're multitasking. You're just there's so much information. Uh, it is. I mean, that's exactly why we we wrote it. You know, it it kind of demonstrates all the things in life that can distract you as a person you know it it, it takes your mind and it shifts all the the way you see things and, and do things and um you keep yourself busy and um uh, you know look don't get me wrong there's a lot of pros to technology there's amazing things as a matter of fact i'm, I'm talking on one right now that you can actually <laughs> have facetime with which was you know that was kind of like some science fiction stuff right you know you you look at somebody with you know, if, if you look back on on, on the, having FaceTime and the availability of, of doing that and, and stuff, but you know, there's there's really cool aspects. It's just a matter of, of balance, really. That's what I always say because you you do want some form of technology, but it's it's the thing that you know you'll you'll look at a you like a group of people at a restaurant, you know, four or five people, and none of them are talking. They're just all on their telephone, you know. And it's you know, it could be a mom and dad, you know, the two kids. And it's it's the same thing, you know. They're all just like not even communicating. They're on their phone. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the same thing with like going to a show. We've done it. I've seen it. I've experienced it on both ends. Um, it's it's a trip. You know, it's just a it's 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 a very demanding um, apparatus. This, this telephone and computer and stuff. But yet you need it at the same time. So I mean, that's the uh, that's the quandary, if you will, that I think about when it comes to to. Uh, no technology, but like I said, some of it's important, you know. So um, it's it's just one perspective. Yeah, definitely. Is there a song on the new album that's your favorite? What are some of your favorites on the new one? Well, we're going to make a video. We've actually been so lucky. Metal Blade uh, Records has been so great with us during this this real tough time because obviously we can't play, so they've been um, real helpful with us and 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 pretty open with with the the pocketbook. And, making videos we've made three we're going to make a fourth here well we actually made four but one of them was called like a uh, like i forget the, like what they call it it's something like a instrumental video or something where you um where you just kind of mostly show the guys playing we did one for the song never you friend but that was less of a production video as a matter of fact i was riding my bike singing it going <laughs> yeah. down Wilshire boulevard here in la i watched Pretty that funny. yeah um it was fun to do that but um in any case, uh, we're going to make a new video, um, as a matter of fact, this weekend uh, for the song Lone Wolf, which is a great tune. I'm real proud of that one song. I love all the songs on the record. I think they're great. But um, that song is really cool because it's um, a little different style, a little more bluesy rock, mm-hmm. um, big you know chorus to it, a lot of, a lot of cool uh, vocal uh, sounds on it, and uh, great riff and cool lyrics I think so um, I'm real excited about doing a video for that it's going to be different from some of the other videos we've done so like I said we love our record we think it's great um, you know it's, you want to go out and obviously play some some new songs from the record that's what everyone does you put a record out and then you go tour or play some shows um, and we haven't been able to do that properly 
but um, pretty soon. Yeah, I kind of like how there's a lot of different elements on the album. Another one that stuck out to me was uh, uh, All Bark, No Bike. That seemed kind of like <laughs> a little bit funkier. You know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, Armor Scene is a band that, you know, we, we really kind of cherished changing styles and, and being able to show a lot of the diversity that I think we have as a group. You know, we love being a metal band, you know, that's really kind of the origins of the group, but we feel like we could do a lot of different things. We've always had a real bluesy style. I, I definitely try to be a bluesy singer. Uh, you know, I, I have no one is better in the world of rock and roll to me than Robert Plant and people like Bon Scott and, you know, even early Ozzy was super bluesy and um, you know, I used all those kind of things as influences as well as like a lot of old school R&B groups, you know, bands from the 70s, like the OJs and Stevie Wonder and uh, you know, the Earth, Wind & Fire. Those bands actually had a big impact on me as well as a listener and as a fan. So, you know, I think that that's one of the things about the new record that we, we really are trying to kind of show that we have a lot of different styles on it. And, um, you know, it's not we're not just kind of one-dimensional band, which we've never really been. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes, believe it or not, that's when we kind of get a little bit in this, this area of being slightly lost um, because you know especially I always say this and, and you do the glam metal path, uh, your uh, podcast here so the irony is that Armistead was we were never really a full like metal thrash band by any means because that's you know we were a little different than that sometimes we would get not completely embraced by that audience but then we even though we you know, we, we came from the L.A. scene in the 80s and played with bands like Black and Blue and Great White and Wasp. We weren't really a full glam band either, even though we could play some you know, ballad-type tunes as well. So we sometimes got in this area where we were a little bit part, neither not part of either um, scene. And um, I think sometimes it worked against us because if you want to kind of benefit from... from uh, a style and a, and a and a scene that's happening, and both those things were kind of happening. And, and even though we would play with both bands, with bands from both kind of uh, eras, if you will, we didn't really get a benefit from from uh, you know playing with both, if you will. So, um, but that's the way life goes. And um, the Armored Saints Road was always a little bit of a kind of a weird, jagged one at times. But uh, you know, in the end, I think we kind of just. It took time for us to find our style and, and to really be comfortable with it, and, and we're there now, and we have been for a long time. But believe it or not, it took some time to kind of figure that out. Yeah, definitely. And when you talk about Symbol of Salvation, I, I get excited to hear that you guys are going to put out a you know DVD and a, a CD of the of the live show for that full album because probably like a lot of fans out there, that I mean, that's my favorite. I, I love that album. And, uh, I mean, just so many kick-ass songs, you know, dropping like flies and tribal dance, and it's just, it's a kick-ass album. Yeah, we're real proud of Symbol, you know, it's, it's kind of the cornerstone record of our career, and, you know, we, there was a lot that went into the making of that record, and the, into the actual recording, and obviously the writing, um, Dave was, you know, losing his life, to leukemia, and going through that, and a lot of the uncertainties that was happening when he was sick and you know, being able to just kind of finalize that record and make it with him doing all the writing as a matter of fact he didn't play on the one song Tendic Pass where we were we were able to fly in his guitar lead and this was pro uh, pre-pro tool so that was not an easy thing to do it was very painstaking like five six hours of you know matching it together because the tempo was a little different from the original demo and 
Um, but we got him on there, and you know, it's it, it's a great record. And, and when we were playing it live in its entirety every night, we really realized how good of a record it was. And again, real diverse. You know, you have Rain of Fire and uh, sounds like Tribal and um, uh, Simple Salvation, where you know, pretty much it's just a slammer. And you have Another Day and Save the Past, which is called longer and epic tunes and Truth Always Hurts, which is kind of bluesy. So. And again, it shows a lot of the diversity of the record, and we knew it every night when we were playing it. It was real fun. Does it feel like it's been 30 years since its release? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's so weird in our career and, 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 and our, our longevity, which is something we're real proud of, um, because that's the thing that you that you can kind of control. You know, you I always say it's difficult to control um, the actual success that records have because mm-hmm. a lot of it is just out of your hand how the public takes it and, and the, the timing and uh, some luck and um, various things that really need to the stars need to align perfectly for everything to, to make a record like financially successful but in the end you know you can control the quality of the music and that's the thing that we've always strove to do because that's that's the thing that you that you, that, like I said, you're in control of. You're in control of making a great record and, and knowing that when it's done. And then afterwards, you just have to let it go. Um, you know, I don't. I know we've been around quite a while. I look in the mirror and I, <laughs> I see some. I see some years on my life, but I feel pretty good. And um, you know, I think that as a fan, I'm saying just keeps plugging along. And it is weird to think that that record was 30 years ago because it doesn't seem that long ago. You just want to stand the test of time um, I think that's really important um, at least to us it was to, to just be around a long time and to put out a lot of music and even though it was a break when I was in Anthrax and, and so we, we had a gap of time and we didn't make records and we were pretty much broken up and, and even though it's taken you know, we don't move super fast in, in, in releasing records because it was five years from punching this guy from the previous record went hands down and you know so we you know that we're not moving at the pace that people did in the 70s, which I always marvel at. That's like, <laughs> right. those guys are making records every year. They've been touring, and so how do they do it? And and we're doing a lot of drugs on top of that. <laughs> how did they do that? It's, it's amazing. But um, in any case, you know, when the records do come out, and, uh, when we look back on our career, we just want to, we really want to look back and say, wow, we made a lot of really good records. And, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I'm a huge Kiss fan. And when I look back to think that they were doing like two albums a year, touring, I'm like, and it's funny, you know what's weird when you think about, we were talking about how fast things are moving with technology and all this information, but it does, it seems like the album process is so much slower now. You know, once again, that's a lot of different factors. Maybe there's not a reason to make two albums a year, you know, nowadays, but you you always, I always kind of, it's so weird because in a band's life today, five years can pass and it's like nothing really happens with the band. If you like take a band like yeah. Kiss or Zeppelin, five years of their career was like, holy shit, it was like a, it was, it was so much going on. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Look at the Beatles. You know, <laughs> yeah. about the amount of music they made in the small amount of time they were together. I, I, I don't know what to say. I guess other that's why they're so good and that's why they're so legendary. They were just making a lot of music in a short amount of time or, or quickly, it's really remarkable. I mean, Earl Smith, you name it, everybody. They were they were just making records, uh, you know, usually once a year, at least, sometimes more than that, sometimes twice a year, 
Um, I'm reading Rob Halford's book, and he's talking about when um, I think Stained Class and Hell Bent for Loving came out the same year in 1979, or whatever it was. Two records came out in 1979, and I just can't even believe it because they still were playing shows and stuff. I don't know how they did it, you know, really. And and we were making amazing records, let's face it. So yeah. um, they were just better. <laughs> that's about it, I guess. Well, speaking of stuff that another one that's almost thirty years, which was kind of this was really hitting me when I was going back and getting this already is like Sound of White Noise. A couple years is going to be thirty years old, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, but that album, man, that album stands the test of time. And you go back and listen to it. That's 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 a good album, man. It's an amazing album. Yeah, that's a great album, man. It has a really cool vibe to it. I think it was just because of this, uh, the change happened, you know, me becoming the new singer and and the band kind of taking a little bit of a chance with some of the writing styles and you can hear a lot of that and you know the 90s were happening so things were changing and morphing a bit from from the 80s and, and you know I always say when we were an anti fan based that you know we embraced all the groups that were coming out around us Alice and Chains and, you know the Sound Gardens and like Faith No Mars and these were amazing groups and you know, some of the best bands in, of all time really as far as I see it um, and I think they were having an influence on just not necessarily the sound of the band, but the excitement of the new era and the new, um, you know, new decade, and it was just motivating. So I think those are the things that you know, along the '80s, of course, but the '90s were cool, and I think that people forget about that. Um, there was a lot of contributions from just great groups that were just, uh, like I said, inspiring a band like Anthrax when I joined, and and so um, again, not not to try to sound like those bands, because I'm sure some of those bands were inspired by Anthrax, let's right. face it, but. Um, you know, but the, the reality is it's just, you felt this excitement and enthusiasm of the new decade. And, um, it was fun. You know, I, I, I look back on that record and, you know, it's, I, I would have been doing lately for probably the last years. I know I haven't been able to, um, we're not, you know, I haven't been able to play, but I'm trying to keep my voice in shape because, you know, I don't want to like go do months without singing. For one, I like to sing. And number two, is it's just like it's like an, it's a muscle, so you know, it's gonna it's gonna go, you know, it's gonna atrophy. You know, so it's important to sing. But I don't want to sing to to our same songs right now because I'll just I'll just wear them out and get bored. Especially the new albums, so I don't really sing too much of it uh, on my own because I want to keep it fresh. So I've been just going through my catalog. Um, lately, I've, I've basically kind of started alphabetically, and I'm right now I'm in Queen, so I've been singing the Queen songs, which is great and extremely challenging. Because <laughs> I'm a huge Queen fan, and just really discovering how amazing that band was. But I did the same thing with the with the Anthrax records that I made, and you know, I I I started singing to them, you know, and um, just when I was when when I was in the A's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, and I realized how great some of those records were, you know, in particular Sound of White Noise. I even think We've Come For You All, which came out in 03, was a great record as well. I think they all are. This is, they all have their own kind of trip, but it was fun to sing to those songs because it just had been a while since I sang to those songs. So, you know, it's um, it's fun. I'm like going back to my early days of being a kid, uh, you know, in my garage or my parents' house when I was like 14 or 15 years old. and. And that's what I would do is I would go in there and play records and, and emulate my favorite singers and sing to these records. And it's kind of how I discovered my voice and, and developed it and stuff. And, um, and I'm doing the same thing. It's just funny. I'll type up, you know, uh, Queen lyrics. A there's, there's, a, there's a particular website, A through Z, and, you know, it goes, it breaks it down by every record. And 
Um, you know, some of the lyrics might not even be correct, which is funny because I'll be like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, but it's funny because then I'll sing to these songs. It, I feel like I'm back at being 15 years old in my parents' garage, and, you know, minus some hair, and uh, a little older, and uh, you know, probably more sober. But uh, it's real fun. That's funny you mentioned Queen because I, I love Queen. I got my, and I got my son. He's like he's twenty. I got him into Queen, and he's obsessed with Queen. And I, I keep saying I'm like we gotta do a Queen episode at some point. And my wife will say, "Oh, they're not they're not '80s glam." And I always say, "You know what? I don't care. I do whatever. <laughs> it's just what I like. You know what I mean? I don't. I, we all oh, like well, different kinds on. of I music. Mean, you know? So many '80s Dan was inspired by Queen. I mean, yeah, yeah without. I mean, Talk about there's actually no band on earth like Queen. No. There really is none, and it's just they broke the mold because they were willing to do anything. Like those guys tackled any particular style yes. there was, you know, whether it's like Seaside Rendezvous, which is a trippy song, <laughs> Rhapsody, obviously, is a, you know, an understatement. And, you know, the, um, you know, but they were heavy too. They had songs like Bright and Rock, which is awesome, super powerful, Flick of the Wrist. Um, you know, obviously tie your mother down. I mean, it's just such a diverse band. They did anything and everything. Um, and Freddie was amazing. Roger Taylor was a great singer. You know, it was just fun. And without without Queen, you would probably not have the Motley Crue. You know, right. So. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, no, I love them. One more thing about Anthrax. Probably this kind of stuff comes up all the time. But if you, you get to a 30-year anniversary of this album and there's any kind of things going on with it, are you willing to participate whether it be you know like a reissue or a show or anything would you would you be down with it yeah i mean i i, I always just want those records to be available as a matter of fact um megaforce records is re-releasing some of those records and i think um it's going to be a cool thing because I think some of them were out of print for a while and um because one of the things that happened when we left electro records is we, we were able to take the masters but but then you have to re-license the records, and if you don't like stay on it, then they become you know they'll sell through, and then they won't be available any longer. And that kind of happened. But um, I think Megaforce is re-putting them out, and it's it's you know like I said, I just want my music to be available. As a matter of fact, yesterday I went to the brand new uh, Amoeba record store mm-hmm. here in LA. Amoeba is it was a really cool record store in the corner of Quangon, uh, Sunset Boulevard for a long time, and you know there's <laughs> there's not a lot of record stores in LA. which is a really sad thing and they shut down and uh, they were saying we're going to open we're going to reopen and I was like no they're not they're not they're not going to do it I was pretty cynical about it and they did and they did right on Hollywood Boulevard and it looks just like the old Amoeba for the most part and I was really happy about that because I miss record stores and um, you know I want to go in and I went and bought a bunch of records myself because I want to contribute to the business that I'm part of Mm -hmm. it's really important you know, I want to buy records too. So, you know, it was cool to do that. And, and that's all I ever really want is I want the records I've made to be available. You know, I can't force people to buy them. And, you know, in my years of Android, it's funny because, you know, there's always, you know, there's always this like, oh, you Joey's better all, oh, I like John. And I always say, you know, you can like both. You know, you have a preference and you can have a favorite, but you can still like both. You know, I didn't, you know, I loved Ozzy and I loved Ronnie.
source created. So, like I said, it's just uh, making sure those these albums are available. And, and, you know, who knows, if something happens, you know, me and Scott, I, I just saw him recently at Joey Vera's house, and we hung out and had a lot of fun chewing the fat and talking about stuff, and whatever it is, trivial stuff. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good relationship now with those guys, and at times it was a little bit kind of distant, but it's not really like that any longer. Um, you know, Joey Bologna is, is, you know, the face of Anthrax and the voice of it, and, you know, that's his gig, and I don't, I'm not looking to, you know, and, uh, get in there again at all, but if we could do something, you know, here and there, as a fun little thing to kind of honor stuff, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd be uh, supportive of the idea, but, you know, the band is, is, is secure the way it is, and, and and doing very well as is, and I think that's the way it should continue on. But you know, anything's possible for like a, a random show or a song or two, or you know, I'd be open to that because uh, you know I love those songs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You make an interesting point, and I think most fans get this. You know, you don't you don't have to choose. You know, what I mean, that's what makes these catalogs so interesting. When you talk about, you know, I guess I guess Queen was a bad example because they they always had all the same guys. But but you're right when you look at um, Sabbath. And you look at, uh, you know, all these different bands who had different lineups. I mean, that's what made it interesting. That's what's fun as a fan. Or, if, or even if a band went in a different direction for a certain album. I mean, that's cool. Right. You know what I mean? That, that's why, that's what makes a catalog exciting. There's different uh, performers. There's different styles that they tried. When it's just the same yeah. thing, it's boring, you know? It is. No, no doubt about it. I agree completely. You know, you want to see a band grow and... Unfortunately, sometimes uh, personnel changes happen. I mean, I, I I had problems with it too. I'm the same as well, like anybody else. And, you know, when when a singer, well, when someone dies, there's nothing you can do. That's but right, um, right. You could, the band could either end or they could, um, or they could, you know, continue on with a different member. You know, there's certain bands that I I hope never do. I hope you know Pantera never regroups as Pantera right. because. You can't replace Diamond Vinny. You just you just can't do it, you know. But you know, look, there's there's bands that do things. They pick up and they they continue on. And they they have a personnel change or something, and and you you look and go, you listen and go, you like it or you don't, or you it grows on you. Perhaps it takes time to do that. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to be in a band with like five other guys, four other guys. You know. It could be a struggle, and sometimes people grow in different directions, and, and you just have to. Uh, you, sometimes that means people are going to leave the band. And um, it, as a fan myself, I would be like, I can't believe that guy's on the band anymore. <laughs> I don't want to listen to that anymore. I mean, best beings, you know, is one of the um, being a, a bunch of my friends' favorite drummer of all time. He really, uh, you know, in the space records that he made, he just was so outstanding. And, and when he left and Dave Holland came and it was a really different kind of style of drumming, um, we had a problem with that. We struggled with that because we just, we we're such fans of Les Banks. But, you know, but it still was a great record and Scream for Vengeance and eventually you just kind of say, all right, it, just, <laughs> it grows on you. You wonder what it would have been like if Les played on those records right. and that would have been really cool to hear, but, but it's just, it wasn't uh, to be, so. Um, you know, personnel changes, you just kind of, you have to deal with them at times because that's what happened. Yeah, one thing, this is uh, off topic, obviously, but Lane Staley, man, he, he was a big fan of yours. And I think maybe at the time in the 90s, you know, since MTV was so visual and you're just, you know, you're looking at somebody more the way they looked and the way they sound. But I know, at least for me, when I go back 
and I, you know, listen to Armored Say, and I listen to Alice in Chains, and, and and this is all open. I think he's even he jammed with you guys on stage and stuff. But it's amazing, like you said, he he, you were an influence on him. Well, there's a version of him before even Alice in Chains singing the song "False Alarm," which was our first EP uh, on, on our first EP, and he was covering it with a banana. I don't think it was Alice in Chains. It was just another cover band that he was in. It's always a trip to watch that because you can see it on YouTube and. Um, obviously, he liked that song, and uh, you know how much of a fan. I'm not sure exactly because I don't remember having. Uh, we did meet a couple times, and I don't remember having that discussion. But it's it's always cool when you 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 like somebody a lot, and then you figure out that they or you find out that they were a fan of what you did as well. Um, so that's really cool and rewarding. Um, you know, Lane was amazing, incredible voice, and really had a cool style. And Jerry's a great singer as well. Yeah. The blend that those two guys had was just really spectacular and, and, and just really unique. And, um, you know, I, he obviously died way too young and, um, it's just really sad, but you know, he did make some great music when he was alive. And it was, uh, Alice in Chains had a big influence on me. You know, Dirt is such a great record and it's just, it's amazing. So, um, you know, it's fun when that happens, when, when maybe you had an inspiration, um, uh, from somebody that you inspired at the same time it, that's really neat yeah it is it's kind of funny how everything uh, comes full circle I guess huh it does you know it does and, and you know we're certainly in a place now where, where we're um, you know and uh, older so we're having an influence on younger bands uh, uh, just recently um, Chris Santos who's a, uh, who's a chef has many restaurants in Santa Rosa he's telling me about because uh, he, he has his own record company he was telling me about a band that covered only and sent me the video and um, you know it's like wow it's pretty funny when you when you hear somebody singing you and re-recording a, a song of yours that's whether it was you know Prince Robin Flower we did that in our song and after I did Kiss numerous times um, when I was in the band and uh, it was just uh, it's, it's, it's always fun to to hear that uh, somebody doing you it's, it's, it's a trip well man this has been a great conversation anything you want to say to your fans out there in closing hey you know what just thanks for all the support through the years and hopefully your music uh, gives you you know gets you through the day and uh, you know makes the traffic a little bit more bearable and you know that's that's the whole objective is to, to take you away from you know, everyday life and put on headphones you know grab a beer or whatever you like to drink if you alcohol or not whatever um and you know and and just you know kind of escape and and that's what the music's for and and if we can do that and, and make people happy with our music and you know that to me is the ultimate uh, goal that's what we you know, strive to do so um and, and we, can, we can't do it without fans you know you, you could be this band who uh <laughs> you know makes music but no one no one cares and it's really it's irrelevant you know let's face it so um, you know the, the people that that buy it, the people that listen to it, the people that come to the shows that buy the T-shirts. You know they're the ones that they make it. They make it. They make it roll. So um, we're really you know, extremely just proud of our background and super um, happy and supportive of the fans that have supported us over the years. And um, you know we couldn't do it without them. And, um, you know, uh, you know, don't forget obviously we had some big hair, big hair in the '80s. And, you know, we, like I said, we came from, and we're really proud of being from Los Angeles. And um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to do a show with somebody like that, or uh, you know, I know Watson is doing their 40-year 
reunion tour I heard and would be killer to do some shows with them on that. Nice. Um, you know, we love our background. So we're excited. Appreciate it, man. I agree. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Have a good week. And uh, stay safe and stay out here during this, this, this weird time. So, thanks for all <laughs> yeah. the support. And good luck with everything you guys are doing this year. Well, that was awesome talking with John. Now check in with us live on Thursday night, May 13th, and help us create the ultimate KISS set list. Also, Billy Childs for Britney Fox is coming up. Interview with him over the weekend. Make sure you subscribe so you miss none of the action. Rock on!